How many of you believe that God is awesome? And, and he can do anything that he wants to do. He can. Oh, I have to slow down because I preached last week and then I got home and I thought, I didn't say this and I didn't say that and I, I, I have to slow down. But I want, I'd, I'd like to go to Hebrews 11 again. What is fascinating to me, Jesus at the Last Supper, and we'll get to this, but Jesus knows that Peter is going to deny him. <laughs> and, and I just think of us and my tendencies if I know something's going to happen to someone, my first thing is to try to encourage them. <laughs> try to, try, I, I don't know, just try to, you know, Jesus says, Peter, the adversary, Satan, he desires to have you. So that he can sift you like wheat. But Jesus then doesn't give him a half hour sermon. He doesn't beg him, be careful. Doesn't, doesn't do any of those things. All that Jesus says is, I'm going to pray for you. That your faith won't fail. <laughs> That's it. That's it. When, when I, I just think of how we, we go through logistics and reasoning and begging and all, all the things we want to do, but Jesus, seeing what's going to happen in the next few hours, says, I'm just going to pray for you that your faith, your faith won't fail. Your faith, can you, Hebrews 11, 1. I just want to talk a little bit. Okay, I don't know if you can see through here. I got like three different sermons printed out. Because <laughs> I'm just going, oh, that's good. And then I said, oh, that's good. And then it's like, oh, that's really good. So hopefully I get it all straight in my head here. Now faith is the assurance. King James says is the substance. Both of those are the same Greek word, assurance and substance. In the Greek, it means faith is what undergirds you. Faith is your foundation. It's what's built under. If you think of a high-rise, the, the deeper the foundation goes, the greater the building will be that they can build. How do we build our faith? How do we build that foundation? 
It's certainly not just studying and reading, or else the Pharisees would have had the greatest faith of everyone. Because they love to read, they love to study, they love to memorize, they love to write. I mean, they, I, I, I don't know the volumes, but, you know, Moses came down with Ten Commandments. By the time Jesus came and the Pharisees uh, had done their thing, uh, there, there was manuals on each, on each commandment. So if anybody should have had great faith, if faith came by reading and studying, it would have been the... So, so how do we build our faith? It's a great question. And uh, it's doing what Justin just did. <laughs> uh, there's no... It's... it's it's stepping out. I talked a little bit about it last week. It doesn't make sense to our natural. If I don't want to get ahead of myself here. It's the conviction of things not seen. If we just built, based our faith on what we've seen, then it's not actually faith. <laughs> if we build our convictions on what we just see happening... We're not building our faith. When I read this, there's two questions that come to me. Where are you anchored? I gave that question last week. But where are you anchored? See, the adversary, Satan. Sometimes we had adversaries that aren't Satan in our lives, so... So I like to use both words. <laughs> but we have things that happen that rock our world. I can just imagine the disciples. Jesus gets arrested. And they see him go through the beating. The whipping. The insults. The crown of thorns. The, they see all that happening to their hero. Now, Pastor Nelson has mentored Pastor David and I. And when we go on a missions trip, he's always there. <laughs> and so... If I don't know what's going on, I just follow Pastor Nelson's lead. It's my security blanket. <laughs> Till one day, Pastor Nelson says, you go to that church and I'll go to this. And I'm going, uh, Brenda. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what. <laughs> but can you imagine the disciples? Here they they believe Jesus is bringing the next kingdom into being because they, as you watch them develop, there's still this earthly side of them. Their pride, their arrogance, their, their selfishness. 
And you see, and they still have somewhere, in, there's this mentality of this earthly kingdom that Jesus is going to bring about. And as a result, they are just, they are swayed by things they see happening. They all ran it. They, they all disappeared when Jesus, by the time Jesus went through all his, his suffering. John was at the cross, but it doesn't mention any of the other disciples. Now somebody might. Okay, <laughs> I got to be careful. I said something once, and somebody from the back row yelled. Uh, they disagreed with me. <laughs> so as far as I <laughs> remember, <laughs> there was John at the and and some of the some of the women that had followed Jesus, but the rest of the disciples they had scattered because perspective. Where were they anchored? Part of their anchor was in what they were hoping and believing in the natural. And so when their hero was going through what he was going through, it shattered. It shattered them. It shattered their confidence. In some translations, when you, when you read, it talks about confidence. Now, what Justin just did, he was freaked out. I shared how Pastor Brenda last two weeks ago in Cranbrook was freaked out because God had put a name into her head. But the disciples, part of their perspective was just a natural kingdom. And because that's where they were anchored, they were scattered. We have all kinds of anchors. We can have our job, but jobs, boom, can disappear. We have our health. I, I, I. <laughs> Every morning I try to do something for my health. Walking, jogging, coffee. Uh, <laughs> but I'm doing something. Why? Because I want to be healthy. I, I, I had tore my, my, my ACL when, when I was in my mid-20s because I was playing soccer. And it was my first game back, and my kids, I hadn't played soccer in front of my kids, and they were all there, and I blew out my ACL, my first game. And, and I, I think it was Brenda's cooking. Because, <laughs> see, I always have to have a reason for something. Because, see, before I was married, I won't tell you how much I weighed, but five years later, my knee could not support all the extra weight that I had. And so when I went to the left, my knee did not react the way it was supposed to. But anyways, that's... I always got to have someone to know. So, but anyways, my, my older brother, who's about eight years older than me, started getting arthritis in his knee. And I thought, man, I don't want to have arthritis. So I went and I got my surgery and I got my ACL fixed. Why? Because I want to be healthy. But you know, health can just go boom. One doctor's visit, and you can be shattered. One relationship in your life, gone, 
can be shattered. So what anchors you? Four years of schooling, two years of schooling to get a job in a field, and, and you get there and there's nothing. Years of practice on a court or on a rink or wherever. One injury and it's shattered and gone. What anchors you? What anchors you? What gives you, here, listen, to substance, steadfastness of mind. <laughs> if your steadfastness of mind is your job and it's gone tomorrow, what happens to your mind? What are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? I forget the psalm. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Sometimes when we think about, oh, man, I'm, I might lose my job. Or we, we get a phone call. Doctor says, you got to come in. And it's three days of waiting. What happens to our mind? Fear. The assumptions that build upon assumptions that build upon assumptions. The fear, the uncertainty, the unsteadfastness of mind. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies, when, when the wicked, my enemies, my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an host should encamp against me. My heart shall not fear. The war rises up against me. Listen to this. In this will I be confident. What is this that he's confident? The Lord, my light. The Lord, my salvation. The Lord, the strength of my life. What are you building your life on? I have a piece of paper in my office, and it says, I can't even remember what the first slide says. But I, I, I tell it to a lot of people that I have coffee. You know, we had, uh, I think I get the gist of it. There are so many voices in our life that want to tell us what we need to be doing. And being the way I am, they all start with the letter F. There are family members that want to tell us what we need to do with our life. There are friends and those voices that tell us what we should do with our life. There's finances that sometimes dictate to us what we do with our life. But the last question is, what is faith telling you to do? Because sometimes faith can be the most illogical thing. Faith can be sound crazy. But why? Because faith is coming from a different realm. Faith, confidence. Where is your confidence coming from? Is it coming from what you see around you? The housing market is going crazy. The rental markets are going crazy. I talked to a person, they wanted to rent a house... Nothing in Abbotsford was affordable. They went over to Mission, and there were 80 applicants for one townhouse. And we can look at all of that going around us, 
and think, what am I going to do in six months? What am I going to do in 12 months? What am I going to do in 18 months? What am I, how am I ever going to afford? And we can, the steadfast of mind can just be fleeting unless we have a foundation. And that foundation is not anchored in what we see around us. It's not anchored in the circumstances and the situations, in your health, in your relationships. That is not where your foundation should lie. Your foundation is faith based on a person that we cannot see unless God gives you a vision Unless God opened your eyes. But our faith is anchored in a realm that is unseen. And unless we can grab a hold of that, how do we build that? Faith comes by hearing. How many of us just read? It doesn't say faith comes by reading God's word. Because again, the Pharisees would have been, you know... Big, mighty, top-notch, yeah, top-notch. Comes by hearing. How many of us take time to hear? How many of us take time? Isn't that just the, the worst phrase because nobody has time. <laughs> nobody has time anymore. And so when we talk, it takes time. I was going to tell a real funny story, but see, I like to take time. <laughs> uh, it's, not that, it's not that bad. But you know, when, when I want a coffee, I want to go and sit down. And Brenda gets horrified when I pull into a parking spot because she wants to go through the drive-thru. Why? Be no, nobody wants, nobody has time. Our North American Christianity is slowly shifting towards being one hour, two hours a week. Why? Because we're so busy. Because we don't have the time. But faith comes by hearing. It's not your five minutes of devotions, 20 minutes of devotions. It doesn't, it comes by listening for God. Whatever psalm you had there, the next verse is, One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I Seek another amazing word. The, the word seek means strive for. When, when, <laughs> I, yeah. When, that will I seek, that I may dwell in house. Again, that takes time. I remember when, when Brenda and I just got married. You know what we wanted to strive for? Retirement when I was 40. Strive. 
took up all of my time, took up all of my energy, took up all of my resources. When I look around now, everybody is striving. They are seeking, they are searching. In Hosea chapter 6, it says, let us press on to know the Lord. That's like hunting. Press on comes from the word for hunting. What are you hunting after? What are you striving after? And it's challenging because there's so much pressure in the natural. (laughs) So much pressure in our natural in our natural world around us, that we get so caught up, like the disciples, so caught up in what was happening naturally, they forgot everything that Jesus had told them. He started talking about his death and how he was going to send the Holy Spirit. They forgot it all. Why? Because the events that were happening in front of their eyes stole their focus Stole, just stole, and everything they saw just rocked them back and forth to the point where Peter himself was, I'm just going to go back to fishing because whatever just happened over the last three years, I don't even know what that was for. (laughs) And we get so caught up in striving that Whatever it is that we strive for disappears. It shattered us, shatters us. It shattered us. But hope, the faith, is the substance of things hoped for. Here, hoped for is what is your confident expectation of what God has said? That's hope. It's not your wishful thinking. What has God put deep inside you? And I believe that's why Sean shared about the rod that budded. Justin talked about the mud puddle, how it it seemed overwhelming. Because we, God puts something in our spirit God speaks something over us. And there's hope. There's hope that gets birthed in us, that begins to grow. And then natural things in our life come and want to rock the boat, want to shatter us, want to tear us down, wants to overwhelm us. And the, what we built our life on somehow gets taken from out. From underneath us. In all our striving, we have not built the foundation that is sure. In all our striving, we have forgotten the one thing that will anchor us through everything. What is your faith built on this morning? What is your faith? Is it built on the housing market, the construction industry? Because if your faith, you're going to be like this. 
If it's built, my, my life used to be built on the stock market. On a good day, I was up here. After a bad week, it, I was down here. And I just, my, my life was built on the waves of this world. If your life is built on your health and how your fitness and on your weight, it's going to be up and down. If it's built on your jobs, they can come, they can go. Where is your faith built on? Second point out of this verse. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith we understand, and we talked a lot about that last week, that the worlds were framed, here. listen to this, by the word of God. Now listen to this. So that things which are seen, you might have a different version here. So that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. My question is, which realm is superior? What is superior? Things that we see. You know, nowadays you want a house, chop down a few trees, mix a little bit of concrete, uh, come up with some iron ore out of it. It all comes from what we see. Everything we want to build. You want an education, you go to a school and you read books. And you write reports and you do assignments. And it's all based on what we see. But do you realize what we see came from a realm that cannot be seen? But we build our life on what we see. But there is a superior realm. There is a superior dimension. There is something superior to your life than what is the next drama you face tomorrow or this afternoon. There is something superior that you can build your life on. But here's the secret. It's going to take some time. But I'm telling you, the time, who redeems the time? I don't know where it's found, but God redeems time. He redeems the things that have been stolen and robbed. He can renew. But if you can take some time to hear. Take some time to hear. I really, I, I don't have enough time, but your, 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 your level, I shouldn't say your level, your depth of faith will govern your height in what Hebrew says, obtaining a good report. Your depth of faith will determine your level of obtaining. 
And I have never met someone that wants to be mediocre. We all have dreams. Sometimes we don't want to admit it. Sometimes they've been crushed. Sometimes they've been bruised. Sometimes they've seemed like we've abandoned them. But we all have dreams. We all have them. God has put them there. <laughs> when you think of the dreams and the visions that God has, those things have come from the spiritual realm, the unseen realm. And the only way that unseen realm, that seed that's been, is going to come forth is by anchoring it in the unseen realm. Build your faith. Go down deep. The deeper your relationship, the higher the obtaining. Where are you anchored? We... Really, when, when I sometimes do this and I sometimes fail, in my evening, I want to, I say, I got to spend a couple hours reading, talking to God. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But we need to learn. Click. Now that's the off motion. We need to learn to. Push the off button. The power button off. We need to hear. We need to listen. We need to put Psalms in. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Listen to this. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Beholding, I explained last year, beholding is not just a quick glance. It's not the 30-second morning cup of coffee and the prayer card that came out of the container. To behold means to stare to look at, to gaze at, to behold the beauty. We need to slow your life down and look at Jesus. Behold. Oh, I have to read one verse because because I spent so much time putting this together. I got to read it. Hmm. I'll just read it. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. I, get, I just get so wrapped up. And I didn't even... Uh, oh, there's so much good stuff here. I, <laughs> Philippians 3.17. Brethren, be followers together with me. And mark them... Now listen, mark them which walk so as you. So look around and see who walks together with you. Wow. 
have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you, even weeping, this is the Apostle Paul saying, he weeps over the people that are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction. Why? Listen to why their end is destruction. Whose God is their appetites, their own desires, whose glory, the things they glory in is shameful, and who mind earthly things, whose focus is on what they see, the here, the now, the things that crumble away, the things that will fade away. But listen here. But our conversation is in heaven. Oh, I want to read more. Okay, and from our conversation... I could just read scripture to you, and that'll just... From whence also we look for our Savior. What are you looking after? What are you striving for? What consumes your attention? Is it your own appetites? Is it the things that you see, the here, the now, the earthly things that fade away? Is that what consumes your focus? He says, no, have your, con- that's why, it- have coffee with somebody. But don't talk about other people. Talk about what God's doing. Ask them, what is God doing in your life? Share with them what God's doing in your life. Talk about your passions as far as what God has put. Talk. I, I, I had coffee with, with Lucas. He says, I love getting together with you and having God talk. And I love it. I love it. Find someone. It says here, verse 70, mark them which walk as you do. Mark them. Find them. Have God talk. Our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing. What are you seeing? Because it says here in 2 Corinthians 3.18 What you see is what you're going to become. Now that is shocking when you see, think about what our young people see. Shocking. And we all with unveiled face continually seeing as if in a mirror the glory of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Now we are progressively being transformed into that image that we are looking at. That is so powerful. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? <laughs> I, 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 I sometimes listen to what I say. Because Brenda likes to listen to me. And on, on, no, on the internet, that is. <laughs> she doesn't, in, in real life, she doesn't like listening to me. But she, she likes listening to my sermons. But sometimes I overhear myself and I say, I said that? Oh my, I got to be more careful. But I'm not going to be careful this morning. What are you looking at? 
that is powerful because Paul says, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who reveals the Father's heart says, what you look at is what you're going to become. Make a list of how much TV you watch during the week and how much Bible reading you read. How much time do you listen to whatever music you want and how much time do you just sit and listen to God? You might be silenced for a while (laughs) until you start learning. But how much do you sit and listen to God? Mark those who walk the same as you and have some God talk with them because our conversation should be in heaven. Do you realize that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places? Okay, I got to stop because that's my next sermon. That's for three months from now. (laughs) I just... I get worked up. I get worked up because God has so much. God has so much. I I want to say one more thing, if that's okay. Because when God called the children of Israel, do you know their whole life was about God? Couldn't separate. Couldn't separate. And, and God, because as I was thinking about how we strive, we strive. I remember when I was a kid 40 years-ish ago. <laughs> I remember everything was closed on Sunday. Now, I, I'm not going to preach here about working and and on Sunday, but I, I remember, I remember when, when people actually were a bit slower in their life. And as I was thinking about how, how much we strive, how much this world strives, and how we've lost rest, and how we've lost peace, and how we've lost time to just listen to God. The children of Israel took one whole day a week of absolutely nothing. And God said, if you will honor me, if you will honor me, what you think you might lose to all those nations around you and all those people around you and that competitor on the job site and that employee that just, it seems to just go 18 hours a day. If you will honor me with some of your time, God says, I will make up the difference. God will make up the difference. Do you realize promotion doesn't come from your hours of work and from your brain power? Promotion comes from the Lord. (laughs) 
We, we sometimes think, okay, it was all those hours I put in, and it was that amazing speech and that problem I solved. That was God working through you. That was God giving you wisdom. That was God giving you favor, and that promotion comes from God. And we, we mix it up and think that it was us and that in order to get the next promotion, we got to put more time in and more effort. If we would take time with God, if you would take time with God, the quality of your thoughts, the quality of your presentations, the quality of your work. But, again, our eyes are on the earthly realm. And if it's just more time, more work, more energy into the earthly side of things, it'll get us ahead. And God is saying, no, no, it's more time with me. It's more time with me. It's, it's higher quality time with me that people will notice you. That you'll have better ideas. That your day will go smoother. That I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Your finances will go further. Your time. We need to start shutting things off. Can you imagine what you look at is what you're going to become? Think of all the stuff you look at. Think of the stuff you look at. Shut it off. Shut it down. And turn your eyes towards Jesus. Look full. Now, this is an old song, so probably half of you are lost, or three-quarters of you are lost. Look full into his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the earthly stuff, because of the spiritual stuff that was at the end. Amen. I'm, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Let's all stand. Oh. I, I hope the Holy Spirit just lights something up in you. Do you know what? It doesn't really matter how the blacklist ends. Madam Secretary, it doesn't matter. The Good Wife, NCIS LA, NCIS NO. They, they, there's, there's more shows out there that you have time for. And none of them matter. Really. You don't, you know. 
You don't really learn true law from the good wife or law and order. It does not happen that way. So it's not educating. There's one thing that will give you a true, lasting, forever education. Put a DVD on of a good sermon. Wow. Read a good book. It's good for your brain. It's good for your thinking. It'll put something in. Read the Bible. Sit quietly and listen to what God wants to say. When you give God your time, all these other things. <laughs> yeah. Seek God. Seek his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. And all these other things. He'll make up the difference. Oh, how many of you want more of God? <laughs> I. Oh, let's just this, open up your heart. Heavenly Father, just, just ask him, Lord, Lord, give me just just the, the, the thought to shut things down. Just ask, ask the Lord, God, just show me ways that I can just have more time for you. As simple as maybe shutting off the TV or shutting off the computer. Or that project can wait. Lord, just reveal to us ways that we can just give you more of our time. Lord, reveal to us ways that we can save time. Lord, reveal to us, Lord, Lord, we hunger for you. We want more of you. And Lord, I just, I just pray right now, your Holy Spirit will just birth in each one of us. Holy Spirit will just birth in each one of us a passion for you. For you. Because the deeper... The deeper we can go with our foundation, the deeper we can build our faith, the deeper we can go, the more we will achieve. The more satisfaction will be in life. The more joy will come. Oh, Heavenly Father, just birth that into us right now. Oh, just breathe. Breathe on our hearts. Breathe on our, our spirit, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotion. Just breathe right now. As we just take 30 seconds, Lord, right now, just to let you breathe on.